Welcome to the Top Advisor Marketing Podcast brought to you by Proudmouth. I'm your host, Matt Halloran. Being your own loud is not new to marketing, but the mindset, strategies, and resources to help you get there are evolving faster than this industry is keeping up. It is time to find a new perspective on what works why and how to move your business forward. Listen as I interview guests to help you learn from them how to be your own loud. Let's get to the show. Hello and welcome to another Top Advisor Marketing Podcast. I am your host, Matt Hallard. We have a return guest today. And the last time Derek Pollard was on, we talked a lot about how to create content. And his big foundation was talking about you need to listen. And today we're going to take a very different tack because now we're not going to just talk about content, but we're actually going to be talking about copy and copywriting. And Derek, as I welcome you to the show, I don't even know the difference between those dudes. So uh, why don't we go ahead and start there? You got it. First off, it's great to be back. Uh, it's great to see you again. It's wonderful to have a chance to reconnect with your audience. So I, just to, to kind of leap in here, uh, one of the things that I'm, I'm hoping we're able to do today is, is spend some time standing conventional wisdom on its head a bit, um, because I, I, that really is, is what Constellar Creative is, is designed to do. Um, the reason conventional wisdom is just that, conventional wisdom is that there's some truth to it. Um, the definitions, the, the standard distinction that's made between copy and content is that content is designed to educate, to inform, to entertain. And copy is designed to persuade. So really we're talking about copy equals selling, right? But I'm not entirely sure that that's the case. And what I want to spend some time today talking with you about is just what that looks like in practice. Just kind of walk you through some examples. And I have a, a few key points that I'd like to touch upon. Um, there are more, but we're going to make sure that your audience is aware of the fact that I'm around and that they're going to know exactly where to get in touch with me if they want to hear more. Magnificent. I love, so for those of you who have not connected with Derek on LinkedIn, please go, uh, Derek Pollard comma PhD is what his handle is, but it says here right on his, his headline, it says saying it and writing it like you mean it. And so many of our clients, Derek are, they are not able to bridge that gap, right? There's, there's a impersonal nature about it, or it comes across to salesy how do you blend or how do you teach or how do you write so that you're still getting the main points across that are needed, especially in this very educationally intensive uh, communication that our advisors do, but still making it so that you feel the, the audience feels like they're listening, but also that it's engaging. Yeah, well, I, again, I mean, this is one of the key points that I, I, I want to get to. Uh, and you'd mentioned it at the top. So much of this is about listening, right? Um, but also so much of it is about, and again, this is where we're going to stand convention on its head a bit. So much of it is, in fact, making sure that you are present in your copy. And I'm not just talking about content. I'm not talking about that informational writing, right? Because that is that is what content writing is. I'm talking about that actually being part of copy. 
And so one of the things that I wanted to touch upon today, uh, I, I, so when I'm not consulting with clients, when I'm not working on a particular project, I live on LinkedIn, right? I mean, that is where I am. I spend an inordinate amount of time there because that's my job, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, my job is to read and to write. And so I do a tremendous amount of social listening. Much like with, with your listeners, I'm plugged into various fields, right? I'm, I'm listening and, and, and I'm reading content that's being produced by people who are content writers, who are copywriters, who are UX writers. I wear a number of different hats. So I'm also plugged into a number of other different fields. And one of the things I love to do is make those connections. One of the posts that I saw just yesterday um, in preparing for this particular podcast episode was a post about marketing and about copywriting. Yeah. And this post basically said, and here's the conventional wisdom, you get out of the way. Your audience doesn't care about you. They care about what you're going to do for them, right? And that's a huge point. And again, it's conventional wisdom for a reason. There's truth to it. You're absolutely right. If I don't know how something's gonna impact my life, and I'm gonna say we go even further, and I think we'll get to that, but if I don't know that this is gonna have some impact on me, inform me, make me more knowledgeable, empower me, make me more confident, then I'm not entirely sure why I should invest my time and even more importantly, my energy, right? So that's the conventional wisdom. You gotta get out of the way. That's the, the wrong attitude is to talk about my products, my services, what I'm gonna do, how cool this idea is, right? And concentrate on the benefits to your audience, to your reader, to your listener. Again, I'm totally on board with that. But what I am going to say is you would ask the question, how do you create not just recognition in your audience, but response, right? And that's a huge difference, right? Mm -hmm. All of that comes down to being able to use the language that your audience recognizes as their own. The only way you get there is by spending time listening and engaging in conversation. All right. So where we're going to flip that conventional wisdom on its head is here. I'm going to suggest it's all well and good. You want to focus on delivering, serving your audience, right? But at the same time, if you get out of the way, they have no opportunity to get to know why what you do matters to you. And I'll just share with you in uh, an experience that comes out of my ungodly amount of time in academia, right? I mean, I have a, I've been teaching for over 20 years now. And quite often, that experience had me every four months uh, in the, the past um, six months or so working for Southern New Hampshire University is every eight weeks, walking into a room or entering a, an online environment with 20, in some cases, 50 to 60 strangers looking up at you, most of whom don't want to be there and don't have a very high opinion of what you do. In most cases, I have about an hour, not to create a buy, but to create buy-in. And one of the only ways I'm able to do that with a room full of strangers is to talk about 
my own experience and the ways in which through that experience, I've recognized the power that writing has, right? Because you might have the most brilliant ideas in the world. And I, I'm just gonna say, the people who are tuning in all have brilliant ideas. They wouldn't be here, they wouldn't be in business if that weren't the case. But if you can't convey them in language that your audience is again, gonna recognize, perk up, start listening to, right? Not just hearing, but listening to and feeling there's a, there's a sense for us to connect here. There's an opportunity, there's an invitation for us to get to know one another, to create a relationship. If you are not present in your copy, if you're not out front of your marketing, no matter how great the idea is, it's going to be lost, right? And that was one of the things that in that hour I had as I was getting to know all of these people I didn't know before, I emphasized, right? I also made a point of connecting. This is where emotional intelligence, again, is so important. It's not just about listening. It's about caring, right? It's about connection. You are not writing. If you're doing what I do well, and if, you're, if your messaging is going to work, you're not writing to convert. You're writing to connect. And that's where all of the change happens. That's where you're going to move from you're having to go out and prospect for sales to sales coming to you. When people know not just that you're an expert, but you actually are invested in their success, right? And not just their success, but you're using your business and your platform as a bridge from where your prospective client is at the moment, not just to where they're going to be after you've solved their problem, but where they aspire to be, who they aspire to be. If that's the model for your business, and if you're communicating that in your copy, not just your content, but your copy. So what we're talking about here are the, 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 the salesy part, right? Of the, the writing that you're doing, the communication that you're doing. If you're not there in your messaging, and if you're not being compassionate, and if you don't have the ability to, to, to go the journey, to put yourself in the position of the person that you're trying to connect with, you're gonna be doing a lot of writing, a lot of talking, you're gonna be making a lot of noise, and not a lot of people are going to, to not only be hearing, but listening to what you have to say. And you, when you were walking in front of that room full of dead eyes, as a professor, right, it's the exact same thing that our listeners and that our clients experience all the time. And they have to do it very, very quickly. Uh, there's two things that I want to highlight. And then you said that you had some examples. So I'd like to dive in some of the examples, if you don't mind. Number one, um, one of the biggest issues that we have found in copy uh, and, and then in what is actually being produced and put out into the world, it is to create a buy, not buy in. And I love that. That was such a great statement and so important. And I believe that's where most people, um, it's like, well, Matt, it's not efficient. Well, I don't care if it's efficient. You have to be able to build these relationships. There's number one. And then two, a piggybacking statement with that, which is writing to connect, not to convert. Conversions will happen and people will go from skeptics to fans like we've talked about on the show. When they walk in and they are ready to buy from you, the only way that happens is if those two things that Derek just said, to create buy-in 
and to connect, not convert. When you do that in your content, whether it's podcasting in your situation, what we're talking about today is writing, whether that's video, whatever you're using as your media, that's what your mindset has to be. Matt here, just jumping in to add something real quick. If you're like a lot of advisors who've been taught to sell, 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 you might not know how to make content that creates this buy-in that Derek and I are talking about. If that rings true, I recommend that you join the Pod Rocket Academy for free. You will get access to branding courses that teach you how to communicate your why, along with a course that shows you how to start a podcast so you can build relationships and buy-in with your audience in the most intimate medium there is. That's podcasting. This is how you create raving fans who are ready to work with you. To get your free membership to the Pod Rocket Academy, go to proudmouth.com forward slash episode 348. So examples, what, what, what do you got for us, my friend? Well, I, again, in preparing for this episode yesterday, uh, that, that LinkedIn post um, that, I, that I mentioned, I, I, I want to paraphrase, but I'm seeing this a very great deal, right? And, and I really applaud it. And it's conventional wisdom, right? Get out of the way, right? The wrong mindset for marketing is I'm going to tell you about my ideas. I'm going to tell you why this is, is going to, to save you time. The right mindset to marketing is you're writing for your audience, right? Again, as I've said, I, I, I'm, I, I'm going to stand that on its head a bit. You've got to be there, right? Because again, I'm going to wind up saying this I'm not sure it's gonna sound any less asinine the more I do, but it actually is true. People connect with people being people, right? And so at all of the ways, and, and there are a couple of stories I wanna share before we get to some examples. In a sense, they're examples as stories because mm -hmm. they talk about this very thing. This episode that we're recording right now was meant to be very different, right? Yeah. We were meant to have a third guest and we were going to just kind of do what, what we're gonna to do today, but, but a, a sort of case study and, and walk through. Here's what collaboration actually looks like. Right? What wound up happening, and this only happened within the past week is, our third guest got pulled away on a very important and time-sensitive project, mm -hmm. which is all to the good, right? Like I, I absolutely am for doing great work in advance of deadline. So, right, our third guest had my blessing. I'm thrilled that, that their attention is able to focus on that project. I know it's gonna get done. I know it's gonna be exceptional. As most of your, your, your listeners know, your guests don't like get a phone call two days before recording <laughs> with you asking us to just, yeah. Hey, do you want to come talk shop for a little bit? Yeah. The invitations are often weeks or months. months. In advance. And so we've been doing a lot of preparation and a lot of work and, and putting together an episode that would provide both value and insight to your audience. That all changed about a week ago. There's an opportunity there. And I, I want to say that for me, that's what the past two and a half years have really taught. And again, this is all connected to the, the business of communicating, right? It would have been very easy to get upset, 
to get frustrated, to invest the time and energy in railing against the world and feeling a sense of panic. But here's the thing. We often say, and I, I think this is one of the, perhaps the most important key that I'm going to share with you today. It's not just about listening, but it's about really paying attention, right? And paying attention to how we say what we say. Quite often, we talk about life getting in the way. Life doesn't get in the way. There's no separation between who we are and what we do, right? I don't get to wake up in the morning and say, okay, I'm putting Derek Pollard aside. I'm going to work now. It doesn't happen. And for decades, for generations, that's been a, a sort of accepted lie, right? A pretense that we've all abided in. Past two and a half years have shattered that. Right? And I sincerely hope that that's one of the lessons that we continue to learn from and incorporate into how we do business is we are people first and foremost. And if we're going to wind up doing business into the future, we're going to have to make that adjustment. We're going to have to acknowledge that in how we go about communicating with one another. And that has to be one of the driving forces. I tend not to really get upset at things anymore. Again, I gave our third guest my blessing, and I just shifted gears because this is an opportunity. Now, it's also a tremendous opportunity for this episode to go completely off the rails <laughs> because this is totally new and different, right? And that's one of the other stories that I want to share is I want to talk a bit about what it's like to be a guest. And I mentioned putting yourself in somebody else's shoes as being incredibly important because you're not going to understand how to communicate with somebody else unless you go there, right? So this episode, life doesn't get in the way, it happens. It's going on all the time. And we have this opportunity. One of my mentors has shared with me since I was a kid, a very important piece of advice that was incredibly applicable here. I couldn't have anticipated that phone call and I couldn't have anticipated or embraced this opportunity had I not been expecting the unexpected. Mm -hmm. And that too is something that's incredibly important for us to be thinking about. What I've done over the course of the pandemic is lived the pivot, right? I, my life has changed, my business has changed, my perspective has changed. And all of those things have happened at one and the same time. Right. So I think that that's one of the most important things that that I can share with with your listeners today is you need to risk failing and you need to recognize it, in the way that you present yourself to others, in the way you craft your messaging, you are attempting to reach out, not do outreach. You are meant to connect not to try to convert. And you have to do that by being generous, compassionate, and sensitive to all of the things that other people are going through in their lives. So like, go ahead. Well, I just, right there, I just wanted to pause more for an exclamation so that what you just said settled in a little bit. But the, the, ultimate idea here is so many of our clients do such a great job with the the caring with the yeah. listening but but they're not they're not able to communicate that in a way 
that makes people realize that's actually who they are. And part of that is, is they're, they're entirely terrified of taking any sort of risks because of, you know, there, as you know, uh, there are some um, financial uh, ramifications and professional ramifications. If they do anything majorly wrong, which what I want, I wanted to say that because the flip side of that is what Derek is talking about today is the antithesis of what you could ever be doing wrong from a compliance standpoint. This is you being real and making that connection. So I'm sorry, dude, I just wanted to jump in there. So continue. No, and that's absolutely it. And and I have to say, in a sense, you, you, you've really given us another example because if you're listening, right? You're never stepping on my lines. Uh, one of the reasons that this show has been so successful and continues to be so successful is the fact that it's not scripted, right? I said, we had a week to, to do this differently. And I got to tell you, I'm a writer. So what have I been doing for the past week? I've been writing, yeah. right? Like in an ideal world, in my ideal world, and this is a the, the second story I wanted to share. So here's a surprise, excellent unscripted segue from you, right? I, I've been writing this out. And in my ideal world, I'm reading that script out to you right now. Like that's, I would love that. I would love <laughs> Because for my entire life and career, right? That is where my better angels have lived, right? Like that, when I'm able to best and where I'm able to best articulate myself and communicate, and convey my passion and enthusiasm, which again, goes back to the point you made earlier. How do you do it? How did I get that buy-in in those classrooms? Well, all I had at the start, before we had those eight or 15 weeks, all I had at the start was sharing my enthusiasm and letting everyone in each of those rooms know, as hard as it may seem, Right? as impossible as it may seem for some of them. 20 years, 15 years of their lives, those many of those students were told they're not good at that. You're not a good writer. Mm -hmm. A lot of them came into that room hating English. And I'm the guy they threw to the lions saying, look, this is a gen ed course. You got to get these people through it. All I could do was say, look, I'm not expecting you by the end, you know, if I'm particularly if I'm teaching literature, although again, for me, all these separations and distinctions, they're artificial, right? Copying mm -hmm. content, I can't pull them apart because I think if they're really done well, you're informing and you're persuading at the same time. The same thing is true with, with enthusiasm. I'm not expecting by the end of that hour to have, have made converts, right? I'm not up there proselytizing. If by the end of 15 weeks, a student walks out and is like, wow, that poem by Edna St. Vincent Millay, or that poem by one of your guests on Be Your Own Loud, Ashley M. Jones, P.S., mm -hmm. you gotta buy that, that woman's book because <laughs> it is real good, yeah. right? Um, if I'm able to accomplish that, I've done good work. But if, if at the end of, of those 15 weeks or eight weeks, I'm able to, to have a student have that aha moment we talk about, right? That moment where it all comes together. And that may not happen at the end of 15 weeks or eight weeks. It may not happen over the course of a year or two or four, right? But when it does, that aha moment is so rewarding because it's not just that that student looks up, right? In wonderment at, at, at realizing, holy cow, I actually can do this, 
oh, holy cow, my voice really does matter. It's not just that moment. I got to tell you, there are few more rewarding moments than that. And I know that your audience can relate to that because that's exactly, those are exactly the types of moments that they are encouraging and inviting with their clients and, and, and with colleagues of theirs, right? But that aha moment doesn't just matter. It's not, that student looks up and I have literally seen it happen, mm. right? Whether it's at the beginning of, of term, whether it's 14 weeks in, whether it's sitting a final exam, I have literally watched students look up and just the world has changed and you can see it. But here's why that's so important. You haven't just changed a life. That's really cool. I mean, there are few finer feelings. It is so rewarding, right? But what really matters is you've been changed and the whole world has been changed because you now have another voice as part of that conversation. You now have somebody else who can go out into the world confidently, right? To say, hey, look, I want you to pay attention to this because it matters, right? right? So when we have those aha moments and it's gonna happen in conversations like this, it's gonna happen when your messaging is done really well, when you invite those type of aha moments, I want everybody to remember, it's great, you're changed, your client's life has changed, but even more importantly, you have created a bridge in which that client now is able to go out into the world and make change happen. You haven't just enriched them, you haven't just empowered them, you've changed the world. Right. And that's what really good copy and content does. And that's why I can't pull those two things together. Yeah, it is all about the person that you're writing for. It's all about your audience, except it's all about your connecting your audience to something bigger. Right. And that's where I, again, I, I can't stop myself at trying to convert when I'm writing copy or when I'm consulting with a, a client. Mm -hmm. It's all about creating that connection because that's sustainable. That's not you just creating that buy. As I said before, that's creating buying. And once you've done that, and, and I think we talked about this in our last episode, and, and you know, many of you know this, at that point, you haven't hooked somebody. You haven't hooked somebody. You're not reeling them in at that point, right? That's transactional. And guess what? Your reader, your audience, your client, they're going to pick up on that pretty quick yeah. because what you're ultimately doing is you're asking them to drive the wrong way down a one-way street. Right. And it may take you, I don't know, 500 yards, right. Quarter of a mile, half a mile, but you're going to pick up on the fact that everybody else is headed in the other direction and you can't afford to do that. That's not sustainable. And that's not the way you want to approach your messaging. Again, it's not outreach. It's reaching out. We're taking a quick break from our conversation to tell you about our sponsor, Restream. Restream is the go-to live streaming solution for every business. We love using it here at Proudmouth, especially because it lets us live stream to a bunch of social media channels at once. You can head over to proudmouth.com forward slash Restream to claim your exclusive offer today. Everybody who's listening to this was sitting there and thinking to themselves and was visualizing when they've had a client have that epiphany you were just talking about, yeah. you know, yeah. 
And if you can distill that energy, that feeling, that passion, that excitement, that curiosity, all of those things into writing, into how 99% of us communicate, right? Which is either email, social media posts, you know, all of that stuff. And, and as we wrap up the show today, I, I just, I just want to say, if you want to write like that, or if you want to have writing like that, and if you can't do it, which most of us can't, I really, really do think that you should reach out to Derek and follow him on LinkedIn and see what he's posting. But Derek, my, yeah. my favorite question, oh, oh, go ahead. What do you got? No, after you, please. Well, I was just going to say, you know, I want to highlight a couple of things. Number one, people connecting with people being people. My God, that that's, that's got to, I'm going to get that tattooed somewhere on, on somebody's body, maybe mine. Um, not create a buy, but create buy in, in writing to connect, not convert those three points. If you write those down and every time you are writing something, you keep those three things. I think that's, that changes the way that everything comes across. What else are we missing? Well, and that's, again, it's like you do this for a living or something, mm -hmm. right? Because that, again, creates a wonderful segue into another one of the points that I wanted to make. And, and that's this, writing's hard, mm -hmm. right? I, I mean, I got to tell you, like I said, I've been doing this my entire life, right? It is hard to do. And so if you are someone who finds yourself thinking, words, Ugh. I want you to understand that's my life, right? And just like you're creating a sense of confidence in your guests, right? And that's something else that I, I, I would like to pull the curtain back a, a little on. If I seem, right, to, to be able to do this in any way approaching the effortlessness with which you seem to do it, Right? It's only because you've created that environment. And again, I've had 20 plus years of, of, of having to have those conversations with complete strangers, right? This too is hard, right? It is not easy to, to, to be in this chair, wherever this chair may happen to be, and know that that little red button has been pressed, right? And that you are going on record. And that's one of the other things we were talking about daring, we were talking about risking failure. One of the stories I wanted to share with you was, was um, a, a story from when I was a, a theater and philosophy major at University of Michigan before I dropped out of college. Thank you very much. Right? I found my way back, but it took a minute. Yeah. But one of the things that, that I want to just emphasize is none of this is easy. Right. If we're able to make it easy, and again, that's your job and it's my job. I got to tell you, there is so much work that goes into it. There's so much study. There's so much prep. There's so much research that goes into it. Again, I get it. If all of that, I mean, and, and that's setting aside, then conveying that in a way that you're on. Mm -hmm. If you're like, look, I just, I can't. <laughs> I just can't. Again, that is every day for me because it is really difficult to do. And I've been doing it for a very long time. So that's important for everyone to realize. The other thing is you can't write 
effectively, efficiently, compassionately, right? It's, you are not going to elevate your content in your copy if you are not reading voraciously, right? You have to start becoming more methodical about your reading, more deliberate. And there's a distinction that I wanna make just between consuming, right? You're just reading, you're scrolling through, right? I mean, in many of your listeners, I'm sure are thinking, yeah, that's kind of how I remember college. <laughs> like I got through the books, but because I turned the pages, right? What I really want to encourage your listeners to do is, is to become more active readers, to make it a more deliberate daily practice. Because that last word practice is what this is all about. And you cannot become a, a, a proficient or an expert writer if you are not paying careful attention. And, and let me just kind of break that down for you so you, you, you get the difference, right? Passive reading is just scrolling through your, your feed on LinkedIn. Again, I'm doing that all day long. Active reading is stopping at that post that you're like, oh, wait, I'm going to click on that. It says seven minute read, but I'm just like, what a lead, you know, like I, and then seven minutes later, you're like, wow, I'm really glad I did that. Here's what I want you to be doing each day. Okay. Now you're going to have multiple instances of that. I'm not saying you got to break all of them down, but I want you to set aside a little bit of time, even if it's five or 10 minutes. And I want you to actually spend time reflecting upon and unpacking that bit of content, right? Or I want you to be thinking, why did I click that buy now button again? And what I want you to do, again, it, don't just set these aside in your saved folder, right? I was just scrolling through mine this morning as I was continuing to prep for our, our, our episode recording today. Oh my goodness, is there all kinds of great stuff I had totally forgotten about in there? I don't want you to just set this stuff aside. I want you to pull a bit of content or copy out and I want you to set aside some time and I want you to really unpack not just what it says, but how and why it had the effect on you it did. And here's why that's important because not only are you learning, right? Not only are you becoming a better writer in that process, you're also creating a, a file, a database, an archive of really good content. And then I just want to share with you, for those of you who may not be doing this regularly, you now have some outstanding examples to include in a creative brief for someone like me. So you can say, not only here's me, here's my voice, which I need to have. I need to hear how you are articulating your ideas. I need to live with that voice. But I also have some examples of what you are aspiring to sound like, what you are aspiring or how you are aspiring to communicate. Let me give you a quick example. For many of your listeners, right, I, 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 they can relate. In some cases, they're like, holy cow, man, get it together. Barbershops, haircuts. I've spent my entire life going into barbershops, knowing exactly how I wanted my haircut or how I aspired to have my haircut. And I don't just mean, hey, can you please make me look like River Phoenix in like 1987, please? Because that's not going to happen, <laughs> right? I was not gifted with that beauty and I don't have that much hair left anymore. But I have not been able to describe, right, 
to my barber what exactly I want. Now, on the one hand, just as we were talking about earlier, I've always approached it collaboratively. I'm like, look, you're the expert. Here's my head. Here's my face. What should I be doing? Right? I'm in your hands. Make it work. Thankfully, I found a really good barber in West Palm Beach. Right? But I, it, it took us a while to get there because I didn't have the examples and I didn't know where to look. Right? Once you start actively reading, you're going to start building a content archive that you can draw on, that you can share out. Whether you're doing that externally or whether you're handing that to your writing team internally. Hey, let's take a look at this post and not just here, I'm going to give this to you, but I want to share with you why this caught my attention and what effect it had on me, right? We're going to spend some time talking about what that copy and content does. Once you start building that into your daily practice, again, I'm just talking five, 10 minutes of this. I'm not saying you don't have to have a dissertation at the end of, of those five or 10 minutes, but just start becoming more methodical and deliberate in your reading. You're going to start to see things. And you're going to start to recognize yourself as a writer in ways you never did before, because suddenly it's not just words on a page or screen. That's somebody trying to reach out to you. And you're going to point, you're going to be able to pinpoint where they're not doing it. And you're going to pinpoint where, how, and why they are. Right. And that's, again, one of the biggest things that I can share out is just start becoming more deliberate about your reading. And suddenly, again, even if you're still at the end of it, like, oh, words, I still you're going to have a much clearer idea of when you do hand that work off to someone else. You're going to have a much clearer idea of what you expect back. And that person's life is going to be made so much easier. They're going to be more efficient, more effective, and they are going to find that voice of yours to be able to amplify and create that connection with your audience that you may not have right now. And that gets back to being a guest on your podcast, right? I'm not somebody who does this every day, right? And again, if it sounds like that, that has everything to do with your excellent work your outstanding production team in the fact that I've had experiences in which this is what I've needed to do, right? I, I've spent 20 plus years speaking extemporaneously, right? Like I'm just on my toes, right? But I want to just kind of pull this back to where we were at the start. This is, this all happened because it wasn't supposed to happen this way, yeah. right? And that's, you know, that's the point at which, again, you have an opportunity to just suddenly look at it differently and put yourself in that perspective. What if I'm not comfortable sitting in this chair? What if I'm, I'm not able to articulate myself in that way? What if I know exactly what I mean to say? I just can't get there myself. Well, here's some of the ways in which you can do that. And again, the examples that I was going to share with you, they're largely examples other than the, 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 the one that I shared with you. They're largely examples that come out of my LinkedIn feed sure. in which I am trying to, to think about the ways in which I can reach out and I can be empathetic, right? Do you mind if I, I share one of those with no, you? No, go right ahead. Okay. So this last summer, my latest book was published by a small independent press, Barrow Street. 
They're headquartered between Kingston, Rhode Island and New York City. One of the biggest reasons that I decided to work with Barrow Street is the level of involvement that they offer their writers, right? And that's not always the case, right? So from ideation, through the writing process, through the editing process and revision process, because PS, here's another really big deal, what you're seeing, you know, in most cases, and you can speak to this, because again, I've reached out to you uh, to point things up in terms of communications before. To your great credit, you've listened, right? <laughs> you weren't like, shut up, I knew that, right? Which is just a failure in leadership. Right? You're closing a conversation down there instead of opening one up, instead of saying, oh, wow, thank you. I can't, but thank you for taking the time, not only to catch that, but to let me know about it, right? So my book was published over the summer. I'm working with a press that allows me a tremendous amount of involvement through the entire process, right? From ideation all the way through into post-production and, and, and promotions. And you'll notice on LinkedIn that I've been helping to promote the book. I really enjoy that, right? It gives me a, a, an opportunity to connect with people. I've been giving readings. Uh, when I get back to West Palm Beach, I've actually been up in New Jersey, freezing, I have to say, because I'm not used to this for the past two weeks. When I get back to West Palm Beach, I have a slew of meetings ahead of me, which I'm really looking forward to. Some of which are um, connecting with people to help with book promotion, right? But here's the thing. My book took 15 years to get published. That's a long time to sustain a dream. It's a long time. And here's me just living out loud on the record to celebrate other people's good news and to do it sincerely. Because it's really tough and research is, is showing, as I'm sure you and your audience are keenly aware, that that can get damaging, right? Watching all these other people celebrate their accomplishments when you are not experiencing something to celebrate, it gets really tough. It's why I'm not on Facebook anymore, right? It's why I live on LinkedIn because I, I, I just, I, it's, a, it's a different social platform and it provides me a, a very, very different experience, right? And it's an experience that I really respond to because it, it, it's so validating. And it's validating because people in my experience are having charged conversations, but at the same time being incredibly supportive of one another. That's important to me. Listen, some of your audience knows how hard it is to get a book published, right? Or to publish a book yourself. So much work goes into it. So much aspiration goes into it. And yet it can be really challenging to put yourself in the position of that person who still is in that position of not yet having the book in hand, not having the contract signed. And I'm keenly aware after 15 years of what that's like, it's really hard. Every book publication warrants a celebration, right? I'm doing little and sometimes very big dances every time I see one of those come up. Unfortunately, so much of so many of those posts are in the form of copy, right? And again, I'll just paraphrase, you know, some of the, the examples that I see, and I see routinely, again, that's part of the community, right? I'm really excited to share news that my new book, The Greatest Book in the World, due for publication next month, has just gone to the publisher. You can pre-order your copy here.
again, I'm doing a smaller little dance or a smaller big dance there. That's, that's huge, right? That is to be celebrated. But I have no idea where I feature in that experience, right? One, I don't know how that book is going to transform my life. And even more importantly, I don't get a sense that my small or big dance is part of that process, that I don't have the opportunity to enter into a conversation, right? That I'm not involved. I'm not given an invitation to become part of that. I, I'm really, really sensitive to that. And I just wanna pull up one of the posts. When I first learned that my book was being published. Um, it, this is on LinkedIn. So you'll find this, you're gonna have to do some scrolling because it was a while ago. I'm thrilled to announce that Barrow Street will be publishing my next book on the verge of something bright and good. It's an incredible honor to have my work added to a catalog I've admired and respected for such a long time. That said, I want to take a moment to acknowledge how difficult it can be to see news like this posted on social media. Over the past 15 years, as I've sought a publisher for this book, I've watched countless other writers announce their good news, often to great fanfare and not infrequently followed by starred reviews and major awards. If I'm honest, it's not always been easy to abide the spirit of generosity that otherwise defines me as I've applauded friends and peers colleagues and acquaintances on their well-deserved accomplishments. So I wanna make space in my own glad news for all my fellow writers who are equally as deserving of this opportunity. Let's please give them our earnest attention and support and may none of them feel the comparative pressures the contest model of publication and social media influencing tend to reinforce, right? Now, that's content and that's copy. I got to sell books. That's part of what I'm doing. And I'm not going to pretend otherwise, right? But I, I feel compelled when I'm promoting my own work, particularly, I feel compelled to make space for others, right? Not just to write for my audience, but to acknowledge and invite them to become involved. And that to me is a very, very different approach and a different level to the, the business of copywriting. And we're going to wrap it up with that, my friend. So if uh, people want to reach out, what's the best way for them to reach out? Um, you can reach me uh, on LinkedIn. Uh, again, you'll have the contact, the contact information. And you can certainly reach me at constellarcreative.com, constellarcreative.com. You can also get in touch with me via email at Derek, D-E-R-E-K, at constellarcreative.com. And we will make sure that we have all of that in the show notes. Now, as I wrap up the show today, there is an artistic element here that I want to just highlight as I, as I wrap things up, which is this, if you've ever worked with a graphic designer and they say, I want you to tell me, you know, what this should feel like and show me examples of the work and, and what sort of emotional response do you want to have? And then when you tell the graphic designer that, and all of a sudden they come back with this thing that says that stuff and you're sitting there in awe and thinking to yourself how in the hell did that person do that it's because that's what they do financial advisors do the exact same thing with facts and figures and numbers and questions and stocks and bonds insurance you make that art 
if you want to have somebody help you or even do it for you, that level of artistic writing so that you're going to engage your audience in a way that is going to entirely separate yourself from anybody. You will not even have competition. Please make sure that you follow Derek and engage him at Consular Creative because this is what you have. This is how people communicate. And if you do it better than everybody else, if you do it more engaging than everybody else, if you leave that space that he just talked about to begin a conversation, that can change everything. So for Derek and all of us at uh, Proudmouth, this is Matt Halloran. We'll see you on the other side of the mic very soon. Thanks for listening to the Top Advisor Marketing Podcast brought to you by Proudmouth. If you want to know more about how you can be your own loud, visit us at proudmouth.com and sign up for the Podrocket Academy. Through courses and office hours led by professional podcast producers and digital marketers, you will learn everything you need to know to become the trusted subject matter expert you were meant to be.